listening to another powerful message from C3 Southwest Washington. We are so excited you're here with us, and we believe God has more in store for you. Well, good morning. It is so good to be with y'all. How are y'all doing? Awesome. Ooh, that was great. Very good. It is summertime. I uh, try not to get too depressed on June 22nd. Because that is the longest day of the year, correct? Okay, so then I know in my mind, from this point, go backward. <laughs> and I don't like it. So I'm going to enjoy every moment that I can from here to fall time to enjoy the sun. These long, uh, these long days are awesome. Just lose track of time is crazy. Um, but I just want to give a shout out to our production team. You know what? Uh, last week, some you know, maybe some of you weren't here, and I you know, we didn't get to really recognize. Well, I didn't. Uh, our production team, but our electric, you know, everything went down right before church, and they pulled it up as we were doing church. And everyone had an awesome attitude. There were smiles. Nobody snipping at each other, which is pretty very tense moment. Uh, if you don't know, it could be very tense because a lot of things are riding on this. So just thank you, production team. Thank you. Again, even today we had a little hiccup, but they worked it out. And um, thank you. Thank you for serving. Thank you for your, your, that great attitude and the smile and the, in the face of adversity. Um, so we've been uh, in the series Disciple, and we've discovered that a disciple is someone who follows Jesus. And there are four responses to following Jesus. You have your never-Jesus people, you have your unbelievers, you have your likers, and you have your disciples. So in a quote from Pastor Steve last week, see, I do, I do listen. <laughs> He said, <laughs> he said, a liker adds Jesus to their life. A disciple follows Jesus with their life. And I just want to focus on this thought that was presented to us a few weeks back. And it says, following Jesus is the catalyst that provides intimate access to God. You know, I just want us to just kind of be there for a little bit because I think that is, you can just, I just felt like we could just spend some time there. Being a disciple, you have intimate access to God. And what does that mean? What does that look like? Sometimes we, you know, uh, unless we get a good, clear picture, you might not know what you're missing. If you're in this liker, here, what, how does it say? This is the liker? If you're in this liker place, Today, by the end of our gathering, my, my goal is to move you over here so that you know, hey, I'm missing out. I need to be over here. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. So, um, so that is, uh, I'm going to take our scripture from Ephesians 2.18. It says, now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because what Christ has done for us. My title is A Disciple's Intimate Access to God. And I'm so excited about this because this is something he gives to us. He says, come follow me. But as you come and follow me, this is what you get. 
And so that is, a, that we just, we just, it's just a win. It's just a win. How can we not want to follow Jesus? So why don't you, um, you know, as all, either take your hand over your heart, over your mind. We're just going to pray, and that the word just gets in and just plants, and that it makes, it helps us to move in the direction of being that follower of Jesus. God, I thank you for your word that is living, that is you know, speaking to our hearts daily. God, you give us your word that we can follow you. Your call is come and follow me. That is, that is what you have out there. Come and follow me. What a honor. What a privilege. I pray that we will follow you as disciples, God, that we will make your kingdom known. We will make your name known. And you will use our life to declare the word of the Lord. Thank you for today. Thank you for your word that will change our life. In Jesus' name, amen. So why don't you high-five somebody sitting next to you? And we're going to get into it. You know, I'm doing pretty good without my glasses. I'm going to try it. (laughs) Um, So if you don't have your Bible, that's okay. Get a pen, paper, um, just something about having the physical Bible in my hand. I know some the phone on the... Your Bible on the phone is convenient at times, handy, but there's something about knowing the Bible, knowing where the books of the Bible are. The Word says to be a student of the Word. This is my Word. I need to know how to, how to wield it, how to use it, where things are. Personally, that's, that's for me, but um, I just encourage you to try it out. If you don't have a physical Bible, you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> um, so... For the purpose of illustrating this disciple intimate access to God, I want us to go to the book of Esther. I want to use her story. And, you know, as I was preparing, it's like, what? I need a visual because I'm a very visual person. And it's like, what, what story out of the Bible do we, can we, do we have that we could put to this, to this, this thought and I, Esther, and I said, there it is, and I can't wait to share it with you. So the book of Esther, I'm going to set this up for you. If you don't know the story, um, we have King Xerxes, the king of Persia, and I'm going to abbreviate a lot. If you want to know the full details, you need to go and read it. I'm just going to kind of brush through it. He decided he was going to have a banquet for the city of Susa. That's a big party. He was going, he's lavishing and he's food and just partying and they're drinking and doing everything, you know, just to have a good time. And in, so he's feeling good. He's excited. And he thinks of his queen. The queen is in the other part of the kingdom uh, having a party for the ladies. And so he gets this great idea. Hey, I want to bring Queen Vashti out. I want to show her off because she's so beautiful, and I want everybody to see her. And so she, he calls for her, and if you know the story, she says, no, I am not going. I don't know. Who does he think I am calling me like that? I don't know what she was saying, but she said no. So word got back to the king, and he's like, 
He was so angry. It's like, what did she say no? And so he went to his advisors and it's like, what do I do? I am so angry. She said no. And he, they said, we need to make an, make an example of her. Because if the late, all the ladies in the kingdom hear what she did, they're going to do the same thing to us. So we're going to make a decree, king, banish her and find a new one. And so at the moment, that's like, yeah, that's a great idea. So they issued the decree. They sent it out. Queen Vashti was gone. And they said, we're going to get you another queen. And so the decree went out, and they searched the land. They brought all the young, beautiful virgins to the, to the kingdom. And they were going to prepare them for the king. And the one that he chose, the one that he found favor with, that was going to be his next queen. And as uh, in, in this process, in the city of Susa, there was a Jew named Mordecai. And he had been raising his, his not his sister, <laughs> he had been raising his cousin Hadassah, who was, no, we, we know as Esther. And as, they, as she was being taken away, he said, don't tell anybody that you're a Jew because you want to be safe. Just don't tell anybody. And so she's, okay, I'm not going to tell anybody. So they took her. And this is, this is kind of the setup. And so I go to Esther uh, chapter 2, verse 8 through 9, and this is what it says. So when the king's order and edict had been proclaimed, many young women were brought to the citadel of Susa and put under the care of Haggai. Esther also was taken to the king's palace and entrusted to Haggai, who had charge of the harem. She pleased him and won his favor. Immediately, he provided her with her beauty treatments and special food, and he assigned to her seven female attendants, selected from the king's palace, and moved her to her attendants to the best place in the harem. So now the king was, let's see, now the king was attracted to Esther more than to any other woman. She won his favor and approval more than any of the other virgins. So he set a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. And the king gave a great banquet Esther's banquet for all his nobles and officials. He proclaimed a holiday throughout the province and distributed gifts with royal liberality. So he found her. This is the queen. This is the one. I'm looking at her. She's beautiful. This is the one I want. And party and gifts and royal crown and gifts for everybody. He was so excited. So Esther. Esther experienced her position by grace. There was nothing that she did to earn that notice, but it was only the king's favor. Number one, a disciple's access to God is by grace alone. Nothing that we do to earn it, but it is a gift. Ephesians 2.13, it says, but now... You have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him 
through the blood of Jesus. Romans 5, 2. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. Esther was in a place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. You know, we as a disciple, we have access to God by grace. And it is nothing that you that we have earned. It is, and we're all equal. It does, my grace is the same as your grace, as your grace, as your grace. We all come through God through that same access, Jesus. He puts us on a level plane. It's nothing that we do. Doesn't, no matter, we don't have the right words. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough actions. We don't have do the right thing, be enough kindness. It is God's grace. And the only, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus is the way. We have access to God. And that is so exciting because we were far off. Jesus brought us close and, he, and God favor looks at us and he goes, I want you. I want you. So I'm going to make a way. I'm going to send my son Jesus and he's going to bring you to me so you can come directly to me and be my father. Isn't that exciting? Oh, come on. Isn't that exciting? Oh, absolutely. Being a disciple all by grace. So here we have, we have her. She's, she did nothing. It was all by grace and the favor of the king. And so now we, as we enter into this story, story, we're introduced to a man called Haman. And Haman, the king, wants to pay him honor. Um, and so he makes him a top official. He is high authority, like in command, like the king. And then there was Haman. And so Haman decreed, anyone, everyone is to bow down to Haman and pay him honor. So he loved that, Haman did. He went through the city gates and everybody bowed down to him, bowed down. And there was Mordecai. Mordecai said, uh-uh, <laughs> you're a man. Why do I bow down to you? And this, and it happened time and time again. And Haman got so angry. He's like, who does this Mordecai think he is? Doesn't, doesn't he know who I am? And so Haman, in his trickery, he had a decree made because he, he had that ability. And so he was going to, he goes, I'll show Mordecai who's in charge here. I'm going to have him killed. And not only that, because he found out that he was a Jew. I'm going to have all his people wiped out. All the Jews, they're gone. And then let's see who's going to be laughing then. So this decree went out for the annihilation of the Jews. And Haman had this gallows built, and he, he built especially for Mordecai, and he was going to just have him hung. That is the story. And Mordecai found, found out about it, and he said, Esther, Esther, you need, to, you need to do something. You have favor with the king. You need to intercede for your people because this is the time. So Esther had to make a decision, and she said, okay, it's time. You, I'm going to go before the king. 
for you. I'm going to risk my life. And so in Esther, we, I jumped into chapter 5 in verse 1 through 3. It says, on the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner courts of the palace in front of the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne in the hall, facing the entrance. When he saw Queen Esther standing in the court, he was pleased with her and held out to her the gold scepter that was in his hand. So Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter. Then the king asked, what is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be given to you. So not only did she find divine favor, but he said she confidently went before the king. She knew her life was at risk. She knew the chances she was taking, but she knew that she had favor. And she was not, I, I, I want to assume she wasn't afraid because he, she knew that, no, the king likes me. <laughs> he, I, I, I'm going to go boldly before him. And she did. So Esther knew the risk, but was confident in approaching the king. She experienced the king's favor. Disciples access God with confidence. Ephesians 3.12, because of Christ, our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Hebrews 4.16 so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy. We will find grace to help us when we need it most. So not only are we, we have access by grace, but we can, because of being a disciple, we can boldly approach that throne of God. And he is, and he will meet whatever need we have. Um, in Mark fifteen thirty seven, it says, "When Jesus died, it says he uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom." God wanted us to be able to come boldly. He wanted to remove any obstacle that was in the way between, you, between us and him. He said, no, I'm sending my son Jesus just because of my grace and my love for you. But then I want you to come boldly. You don't need anybody else to come in your place. You can come. And the veil of the temple was 30 feet high. That's high. I don't know, how, how tall are these buildings? This? 10, 30 feet. So it came from top to bottom. Only God could do that. And he said, I'm going to take away the, obstru the obstruction that is there so you can come boldly and confidently into my presence, and I will help you when you need it most. This is what Esther did. Their people needed it. And she boldly went. She knew what's at risk. But the king looked at her with favor. Whatever you want. What is it you need, Esther? I will do it for you. 
You know, and sometimes we have things in our life that are so heavy and so big, and we can't fix it. It's so impossible, and we need those miracles. And God says, come before me, my disciple. I've moved obstacle. Come boldly and confidently and ask me what it is that you need. And you know what's so cool is that God cares about those things that you care about. They don't have to be all, you know, well, I guess all our life is spiritual, but they don't have to be restricted in like, you know, certain requirements. Um, and I think I've, I've shared this before, and some of you might know that in praying for our house that we are currently in right now, we, we looked at it, we were looking and looking. As soon as we came on the property, we're like, yeah, this is it. This is exactly what we wanted. And we were so confident. We went in. And then there was a deal with the people. They were like, no, they're not taking that offer. And I'm like, but God, that's what we want. What, what are we going to do? And I found myself in that moment, I am boldly and confidently going to go before God and let him know what it is that I need right now. And, and he, he cares about what you want too, Right. Absolutely. And so I walk confidently and boldly into God's presence. Say, God, I want that house. You provide it for me. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what people are telling us. This is, this is the answer right here. And he said, okay. And I can remember, I think it was either that day or the next day. It's like, they took the offer. The house is going to be yours. I said, thank you, God. <laughs> thank you. And you can be bold and confident in whatever it is that you need from him to come before him because he has made a way for you, for us to do that. He wants us to come to him. So, right? Absolutely. So as we're looking at the story of Esther, we're looking at... You know, Haman's plot. His plot is discovered. Esther reveals the, this treachery that is happening. And so the king orders that Haman be hung on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. And so Esther's like, okay, king, you're king, right? So you can, you can stop this. And he's, it's already in motion. It's a decree. It has set out. He said, but... I give you my permission, you and Mordecai, to set up your own decree to combat what is going to happen to your people under my name. And she's like, oh, yeah, let's do it. And so her, her and Mordecai got together. They made a plan to be able to, to combat this, this king's, uh, Haman's decree. And it's in Esther 8. It says, if it pleases the king, she said, and if it regards, and if he regards me with favor and thinks it the right thing to do, and if he is pleased with me, let an order be written overruling the dispatches that Haman devised and wrote to destroy the Jews in all the king's province. For how can I bear to see disaster fall on my people? How can I bear to see the destruction? Of my family. So their plan was the king edict granted the Jews in every city 
the right to assemble and protect themselves, to destroy, kill, and annihilate the armed men of any nationality or province who might attack them and their women and children, to plunder the property of their enemies. So there was their plan. They were, the decree went out. They were going to be able to fight back. And so on the 13th day of the 12th month, the edict commanded by the king was carried out. On this day, the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them. But now the tables were turned, and the Jews got the upper hand over those who hated them. The Jews assembled in their cities in all the provinces of King Xerxes to attack those determined to destroy them. No one could stand against them because the people of all other nationalities were afraid of them. So the edict went out. They won. No one harmed them. They overpowered those that were going against them. So Esther, with her bravery... And her courage and her boldness went confidently before God, before that king. And Esther changed the future for her people. Her intimate access to the king brought hope to a nation. Disciples access God for others as well. 1 Timothy 2.1, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Esther interceded for her people. Her access changed the future of the nation. You have access. Your intimate access influences those around you, whether you you think so or not. In your workplace, in your family, you are a covering for those around you. Um, When I'm going to kind of tell a little story on myself. Uh, I think it's humorous now. Um, But (laughs) Um, many of you, well, uh, we homeschooled our kids growing up, uh, them growing up, and we homeschooled them. And uh, in the state of Washington, they had, I don't know if it's changed now or not, but fourth grade, you had to take state testing. And so, you know, as a as Leslie being my firstborn and being a homeschool mom, I was like, oh, no, what if I, she missed something? What if I didn't do it right? I, I want her to be able to be prepared for the state testing. And so our thought was, okay, we're going to put her in public school part-time just so she can get some, you know, uh, be prepared for the testing when it is time. And as soon as we made that decision, thoughts just came into my mind. She's in fourth, she's in third grade at the time. Okay, so how old does that make her? I don't know. How old is a third grader? You don't know either, do you? <laughs> uh, how about nine? Is nine good? Okay. <laughs> um, so in my mind, she was. We were going to put her in a public school for half day. And she was going to prepare for this test. But then those thoughts came in mind. It's like, 
I can't, I can't send her to public school. What, what, what's going to happen? She's going to be around other kids. She might, <laughs> she might get involved with drugs. She, she's going to be lost. She's going to not love Jesus. She's going to go down this road. I mean, my mind, I mean, it was fast, too. She's not going to love Jesus. She's going to be lost. God, I can't do it. I can't. And he's, he's like, stop me. It, it was, it, I literally can say it was the one time I think like God just kind of like, snap out of it. <laughs> goes, hey, did you create her? No. Can you save her? No. Leave her in my hands. Trust me. I've got her. You do what you do. I do what I do. And it's like, okay. And at that, we, we sent her. She went. She did fine. No worries. And it was, it was God allowing me to know that I've got her covered. You seek me for her. I've got her covered. And, you know, God has those around us covered as you access him for others. Others are influenced by you. So in, in closing, I just kind of want to wrap this up. A disciple's intimate access to God. A disciple's access, a disciples access God by what? By grace. Disciples access God with confidence. Very good. And disciples access God for others. Oh, look, you guys are paying attention. Cheat sheets behind me if you're, if you're listening and watching. So today, this is what I want to just ask you. Where do you find your, your uh, where are we? Where are you? Where am I, you know, in this Likers Disciples place? Do you find yourself still in, in that Liker? You have him in your life? Jesus, but he's not part of your life. He, you're not following him. Or do you find yourself, hey, I've made a decision to follow Jesus. I am a disciple of Jesus. I am following him. I have intimate access to him. That is the way I am living my life. But you know, in being following Jesus for, his, for the years that I have, I've also found myself in this place. Where I am a disciple of Jesus, I am following Jesus, but life happens. Maybe I get a job that cause, has me work on Sunday, and I, I've had that before where I'm working on a Sunday. I'm a disciple following Jesus, but I get busy with family. I get busy with taking my kids here and there. I get busy with life. I get busy with serving. I get busy just with things. And I find myself, I've, I've moved from following Jesus. I'm a disciple. No, wait, am I in the? Yeah, <laughs> following Jesus. But I've be, moved over without knowing into the liker's position. I have him in my life. He's a part of my life. I go to church. I serve. I'm in, involved with everything. I go to uh, dinner parties. I have friends. We hang out. I've stopped following. And that, that, is, that is so easy to happen. That is so easy to do because I have done it. 
So I'm going to have you just stand with me. And I'm just going to, you know, as the worship team comes and we just prepare to, to worship, that this will be a question that you ask yourself. Am I, where am I? Am, do I, looking at Esther's life and knowing that as a disciple, we have access. We have intimate access to God by grace that allows us to boldly come with confidence to him and knowing that our access to God as a disciple influences others. That is so awesome because we look at our life and we say, hey, I want to make a difference. I want my life to impact somebody. I want to leave a legacy. Then be a disciple. Be a follower of Jesus because he gives you the fullness of what you were created to be. He makes you who you were designed to be and to influence. You can have second best. You can have good enough, but I want it all. Your life is short, and I want to impact my world as a follower of Jesus. It's an invitation he makes to all of us, to all of us. You want to make a difference. You want this life, your life to matter. Be a follower of Jesus. You cannot lose. Amen? Amen? You cannot lose. So I leave you with that. Make you decide, know where you want to be. Follower of Jesus. So awesome. Let us pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you call us. You call us to be followers of you. You say, come, follow me. I Come, I have good for you. Come, I have your best interest. Come, I have a, a fruitful future for you. Come, I have people for you to influence. Come and follow me so you can make a difference in your world. That is the call. Let us hear it. Let us, let us say yes. Let us say yes to following Jesus and being a disciple for his kingdom. Amen. Thanks for being with us today. Be sure to like and subscribe and visit us at c3swwa.com for more information about our church. 